kind of the reality of the Colts season right now is you're watching the game last night and AFC teams involved and you're not even thinking about, um, if they lose, I wonder how that impacts playoff standing. It's more of, hmm, I wonder if one of these teams loses, how it impacts the Colts draft standing. Uh, that's where we're at right now. Colts ninth in the draft order coming up in April. And to find out more about that 2023 draft class and the early look at it, Matt Miller does an outstanding job. You've heard him on our airways before from ESPN.com. Draft analyst is with us now. Matt, good morning, man. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Matt, I, I, I want to start here. What's your favorite part of the draft process? Oh, wow. Um, I, I, I think it's probably still that first night of the draft, that Thursday night, because we have, you know, a year of evaluating players and talking about what teams need and where teams are going to go. And to see it play out is it's like Christmas morning. You know, there's, I don't think there's any better analogy for it. So that part's great. I also, I, I heard you talking, I love this part of the season where fans and a radio host of teams realize, hey, we are screwed. We are not good. Yeah. <laughs> Hand is raised that. right here in Indy, man. Hand is raised. Uh-huh. When I was, a, I was a Bleacher Report for like a decade, and it was always like we would have meetings, and it would be hilarious because it would be like, hey, it's Thanksgiving. Jets fans care about the draft now. It's time to like, it's time to dial it up. Let's start doing mock drafts and big boards because – you got you have fan bases that realize around Thanksgiving that they're out of it, and unfortunately for for Colts fans, that uh, you guys fall into that bucket this year. It, it would be funny to watch like a map of your clicks and see the NFL markets where the clicks just start to rise in those markets as the losses continue to rise. Because I have a oh, feeling, <laughs> like you said, Indy would be in that boat. Um, just brief thoughts on the 2023 class. Obviously, we, we, we want to focus on the quarterback group here with you, mm-hmm. but uh, just your overall thoughts and what you've seen so far in this group for 2023. Yeah, you know, we're, we're still figuring out who's going to be in, who's going to be out. Uh, name, image, likeness has changed that a lot, where it's feasible for players to go back to school and not have the financial pressure to enter the draft. So we have about a month and 10 days to figure out who's actually in, but I like this draft class. I think it's an improvement from last year where – it was kind of hard to get excited about last year's draft when you had like an unknown basically going number one overall. You had no quarterbacks. It, it was not a sellable draft year last year. I think this year is much better with a good group of quarterbacks, you know, dynamic outside players like Will Anderson, Jalen Carter on the defensive line. It's, it's a much better year top to bottom. And I think um, it's not the greatest draft class I've ever evaluated, but it's, it's certainly far from the worst. So if you were, for example, Matt, the Indianapolis Colts, and you go into this draft and you say, look, we've got to get ourselves a quarterback that seemingly is a franchise quarterback, okay? You would say to them, well, then you better be drafting no lower or higher, whichever way you want to look at it, than where. In other words, the total number of quarterbacks – that will go off the board that you can build around before you start getting the guys that are projects would be how many? Uh, I think you need to be in the top five picks. Um, because, and the reason I say top five, uh, the way the draft order is right now, Houston's going to take a quarterback at number one. Um, I, I would be shocked if they don't. Chicago is not. They have a guy in Justin Fields. They're at number two right now. It seems like, you read the tea leaves, it seems like Seattle is going to try to keep Geno Smith and, and at least not draft a quarterback in the top the top five. So you're probably okay there. You don't have to worry about Philadelphia drafting a quarterback. But 
you know, Detroit is in the mix. Carolina is 1,000% in the mix. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, we saw the Raiders lose last night. No one knows what they're going to do long term. We could see a lot of turnover in Arizona that could – I know Kyler signed an extension, but we've seen that team give up on, on quarterbacks before. So you, you at least have to worry about them. So I think top five is safe because there are really three quarterbacks this year that are, are, are considered top ten picks, and that's Bryce Young at Alabama, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, and Will Levis from Kentucky. After that, there's a drop-off to a project like Anthony Richardson from Florida who could be – the next Josh Allen, the next Cam Newton, or he could be, you know, out of the league in two years. Um, Hinden Hooker tears an ACL late in the season and is will be 25 years old draft weekend. So a player like that is more of a question mark than you would like to be, even though he played really well the last two years. So what looked like a strong quarterback class really got weeded out this year by injury, by players not taking the next step. You know, like Tyler Van Dyke at Miami uh, didn't ascend the way we thought he would. It uh, sounds like he's going back to Miami now. So uh, th- this class kind of got watered down a little bit. What about Spencer Rattler at South Carolina? I- and I have no idea. I mean, you feel free to laugh at me here. I just – I've only seen him play, you know, basically in a couple of games. And I thought, man, this guy looks dynamite. But are there are there concerns with him? Is it size? Is it off field? I have no idea. I think it's definitely size uh, is the biggest one. And I think, you know, a person could say, well, Bryce Young is small, but they just play so differently um, that you don't worry about it as much with Bryce because he's a pocket passer. I think with Spencer Rattler, you know, there's the I've never I've never interviewed him. I've never met him. uh, So this is not my opinion, but you definitely do hear that he's kind of prickly. You know, he can be a little bit uh, hard to interact with. Um, I I would say he's a player if I believe he has another year of eligibility if if his family were asking for my opinion, I would tell him to go back to school because he, he ended the season on a really good note. South Carolina started to heat up there at the end. Um, I would say more of that is what he needs before thinking about the NFL. Is it unfair? Matt Miller, by the way, is our guest, ESPN draft analyst. He's on the Payless Liquors hotline. Matt, this is probably going to prove why I am a radio host and you are a draft analyst, okay? In, in my mind, there are sometimes I have tendencies – to look at a player based on his position and his school and then categorize in my mind previous players of same position and same school and become hesitant about the player because I'm like, I don't know. Like USC quarterback would be a prime example. I realize Williams is not eligible this year. But, you know, the the, the whole notion in your mind of like a USC quarterback's never won a Super Bowl, da, 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 da. Is it dangerous to do that or is there actually something that can be learned by it? Uh, both. <laughs> I know that's not the answer you want, but both. I think you have to be aware of scheme and say, okay, guys coming out of this scheme haven't naturally, uh, you know, played well early on, or here's some things they have to overcome. I think mean, you can look at quarterbacks coming out of Lincoln Riley's system and say, okay, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, um, even Jalen Hurts to a degree. What what have we had to fix? Where are their deficiencies? You know, you can look at guys coming out of Ryan Day's system. You know, Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud. You know, they, they might not play well outside of the framework of that offense. So you gotta, you gotta teach them that Justin Fields is obviously doing just fine with it. So I don't look at it so much as like historically USC's never had a quarterback win the Super Bowl because there's too many variables there. They've had too many head coaches, too many different types of quarterbacks. Um, and, and it only takes one, right? So I, I don't go that deep with it, but I do think you have to look at scheme and say, okay, 
if it's been the same head coach at that school, what are some of the issues that his players have? Or like, you know, right now, if I needed a wide receiver, you can guarantee I'm drafting one from Ohio State because they're doing pretty well. Brian Hartline knows what he's doing, right? It's like I'm getting one of those guys if I need a receiver. So it can work both ways for you. Again, Matt Miller, ESPN.com. It's at NFL Draft Scout. Does an outstanding job there uh, on their draft coverage, and he's with us on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Matt, if you look at it right now, Colts ninth in the draft order. Let's focus on those SEC quarterbacks, kind of non-Bryce Young um, here. Do you feel like those guys, Will Levis, Kentucky, Hendon Hooker, Tennessee, Anthony Richardson, Florida, do you view them in similar tiers? Do you view separation within those three? I believe you said earlier, you know, you feel like Levis could be a guy that could go top 10, so maybe he's kind of at the top end yeah. of that of that trio. How do you look at those three? Yeah, I think Levis is at the top end just because of the body of work. Um, it, he's, you know, everything you kind of want prototypically, size, arm strength, athleticism, toughness. The problem is he just makes some bad decisions with the football. So I think trying to figure out is he – Matthew Stafford or is he Carson Wentz and and you really don't know until you get him around better players than what he had at Kentucky and give him some continuity um, in terms of offensive coordinator and scheme that's going to help Anthony Richardson it's a similar debate but I think a bigger swing of who he could be because gosh there are times you watch him play and you think this is the future of the NFL you know he's huge he has a great arm he has a runner he can go over you around you and you're you're like this is it this is it this is what we need but then the next throw I mean he's missing a guy by like 15 yards and you're like what the hell just happened here so um, I was surprised he decided to declare for the draft and not go back and get a little bit more work at Florida but I'm sure you know he's thinking an NFL coach is going to be able to help me develop more than a college coach totally understand that so he's a project I don't think he's a player you can put on the field year one uh, and then we go to Hendon Hooker, who I love watching Hendon Hooker play. I mean, he throws a beautiful deep ball. He has great timing. Uh, he sees the field well. The only problem is, you know, he like I said, he's 24 years old right now, and he tore his ACL late in the season. So you almost have to, you know, look at his rookie season as a redshirt year. So then he's 26 before he's getting on the field. I think you worry about that a little bit. Not as much as quarterback as at other positions, but there's definitely that factor of, are you this good because you are, you know, physically, mentally more mature than the guys you're playing against, or are you this good just because you're this good? I, I don't, Matt. I don't think there's like a big section of the Colts fan base that is in this boat, but there's certainly some that are. Hey, if the right quarterback's not there, pass on him. You know, there's a two generational type QBs, or at least that's what people think coming out next year. You know, don't necessarily you know, take a quarterback just to take a quarterback. Uh, having said that. Who would you slot of like top 10 locks right now, non-quarterback division? Seems like Will Anderson from Alabama is a really popular name. Obviously, we see some offensive tackles that typically go yeah. there as well. Uh, who would you slot in that group like, these are going to be top 10 picks, but they don't play quarterback? Yeah, Will Anderson, definitely. You know, outside linebacker from Alabama. Jalen Carter, the D tackle from Georgia. They could be the first two picks. They really could be. They're that talented. I think after that, you look at Miles Murphy from Clemson. Defensive end is probably in there. You mentioned offensive tackles. Paris Johnson from Ohio State, if he declares for the draft, and Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, who has declared for the draft. They are both top 10 caliber. Now, I don't think they are you know, at the level of the guys we saw last year, You know, Evan Neal, Ike Aquanu, Charles Cross, who were 
really good players and, and have played very well uh, in their rookie seasons, especially Charles Cross. But I, I do think they're they're worthy of being top ten picks. And so for Colts fans, I, I can't imagine uh, the the outrage that would happen if Chris Ballard passes on a quarterback again. But left tackle is a pretty big need as well. So if if it is a situation where the top three are off the board by pick nine or maybe Ballard doesn't like all three quarterbacks. Going with one of the offensive tackles, I, I think, is the next best move that you could make. You know, one of the fascinating things, Matt Miller is our guest, the ESPN draft analyst. Chicago's sitting there, I believe they're at number two right now, right? Yeah. Um, clearly, they are a team that doesn't need a young quarterback. Looks like they've got a promising one with the Bears. Do they shop that pick? And if so, how valuable is it? I think they will shop it. Um, you have to. When you're that that roster is just not good. And, and I think we've seen that this year where they're in games and then they just can't stick with teams. So I think you know, Ryan Poles, this will be his second draft as GM up there. He has to at least take calls because he, like you said, he doesn't need the quarterback. And if you can set yourself up with future first round picks, you, I think it's smart to do it, especially if you're only sliding back a couple of spots, you might not want to go from two to nine. So Colts fans, you need to keep losing so you can get closer to that. But I definitely think that's something he'll have to entertain because the Bears specifically, yes, they could draft Will Anderson. Yes, they could draft Jalen Carter. But their needs are, you know, they need another wide receiver. There's not one you're going to take in the top five. They could be in the left tackle conversation. There's probably not one you're taking in the top five. You could you could get one uh, later, uh, you know, in the top ten. So I, I think they are the most logical if you're talking about teams that could trade back. Um, Seattle, it will probably be up there as well with the Broncos pick. Uh, they again, if they keep Geno Smith around, they're not in the market for a quarterback, and they could be a team that moves back a little bit. So there's Philadelphia as well with the Saints pick. They definitely don't need a quarterback. They really don't need anything, um, and they could be a team that says, "Hey, we're going to need these draft picks once we have to extend Jalen Hurts and, and figure out some of these other things. We'd rather have more draft picks later." I think this is a year where at least right now the team is a top five, could be open to trading back. Matt, last one for me. And again, Matt Miller, ESPN Draft Analyst. It's at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. A great, great follow. He's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. Huge Notre Dame fan. I thought Michael Mayer got snubbed last night, not winning the Mackey Award. Um, your thoughts on Michael Mayer going in round one and I guess maybe how high in round one come April? We've been calling him Baby Gronk for three years, so I, I love him. I mean, he... Uh, is a, I think, a unique player at the position because as the tight end, you know, group has moved away from inline physical players, here comes Michael Mayer, who's six four, two sixty five, can block his tail off, is a great receiver, very productive. I mean, he's he is him or Bijan Robinson are the safest players in the draft. I mean, he's he's that talented. So, I don't think he'll go top five. He could go top ten. T.J. Hawkinson went top ten a couple of years ago. Um, we're probably looking at top 15, though, just because the way that position has unfortunately been devalued. Okay, then my last question would be to keep it in state. Uh, give me the top you know, player or two that are of interest, if any, to come out of in the first couple of rounds, Purdue or Indiana. Uh, I think, well, Aiden O'Connell is probably the, the biggest one from, from Purdue. Um, I know that you know he's kind of had a an up and down career there, but I I've always liked the way he plays. I do think that, you know, he'll be an NFL quarterback for a really long time. Um, maybe not a starter necessarily, but you know, he'll be in the league for 10 years as a high end backup and a spot starter. So he is 
Uh, he's the top-rated guy I have from Purdue or Indiana this year. So I, I think most eyes will probably be on him coming out of that region. Uh, Charlie Jones, I love Charlie Jones. He, he could he could probably go higher. I'm very excited to see him at the Senior Bowl. I mean, you transfer from Iowa where they never throw the football, and you end up at Purdue where they're just throwing it to you nonstop. Uh, I absolutely love the way he plays. Um, that's probably if I had to pick a guy from you know that that area and say this is my dude. Uh, I would pick Charlie Jones. Yeah, and just a breaking news: there's no NFL talent on Indiana's football Indiana football <laughs> roster. I, Not this year. Yeah, I watched that team play this year. I can I can share that with you, Matt. As always, man, great stuff. Um, enjoy the weekend. I know we're inching closer uh, to draft season, so hopefully we can have you on a few more times before April. Sounds great, guys. Thank you for having me.